0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the Word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. In my earlier years of ministry, I just started walking with God and I understood the Lord Jesus, especially from the realm of miracles, power, because that's what we knew. That's how we understood God. And I saw miracles very early. I saw signs and wonders very early. I saw tumors disappear very early. I've worked in the healing ministry for so many years that I'm not intimidated by any sickness. In fact, if you have been in Funero for a long time, you realize that healing is so easy here. It's so easy here. It is not something that we struggle to receive or give in this ministry, because we have understood that part of God's purpose for humanity. And I believe many of you have testimonies, praise the Lord. And then as I grew up and started to understand God, I started to have another insight on how God works. And that was not quite the conversation that I found in the many or most of the churches that I used to go to. Only in a few spaces and places I found this conversation. And so I took time to search and understand from, for example, a ministry perspective. We had people who were greatly gifted by God, anointed by God in the gifts. They excelled in many things. But there was a huge struggle when it came to building the ministry of the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? And then you find a person who is so gifted, but they cannot build ministry. And then come from the place of ministry, get into the spaces of businesses. Now you run very wonderful businesses or work in huge conglomerates. And then you find people who have the greatest minds. They always have the greatest plans. There are people, when you sit around them, you'll get a million dollar idea and run with it and execute it. But they stayed poor. They stayed disadvantaged. They could give answers to anybody except themselves. They had the wisdom to give to others. And those people to whom they gave that wisdom excelled. But they as individuals never what? Excelled. I know if you look through your close friends or family, you'll find somebody who knows so much, but they don't do much. Or perhaps maybe somebody's putting the torch on themselves. They're like, oh my goodness. I've advised like 27 guys to do business, and they're all successful, but I cannot do the same. You see? And I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to open your eyes to something amazing that I discovered. Get into the spaces of our careers. Get into the spaces of our education. Get into every aspect with which God has given human beings to be and do. And you'll find that sometimes our skill, we are equipped, we are empowered to do what we're not able to do. And many of us or some of us have lived lives of losses upon losses, mistakes upon mistakes. And then we have, you know, built arguments, lapses in logic, as we try to interpret what we are going through. And we've given probably blame to individuals in our lives, seasons and times in our lives. And in most cases, we are wrong because we have not understood God from the place we're supposed to understand Him. And over the years, as I started teaching, I started making mention of certain statements and uh, one of which I'm going to build a sermon tonight because I felt the Spirit of God wants to do something remarkable for somebody tonight. God is a miracle-working God. He's a God of answers. He's a God of breakthrough. He's a God of solutions. Is a God of greatness. He is God. But then it took us, or many of us, many years to understand the God of patterns. And some of you have been with me for quite some time, have heard me mention some of these things. And even for those of you who have heard it for so long, for some, when I observe, I realize they have failed to understand it. They, know it with their mind, but it is not a revelation in their spirits. And some of the biggest challenges that we're dealing with in church is because we have not understood the God of patterns, the spirit that patterns. Are you following what I'm saying? Because we're a generation that runs more with conviction than principle. I have a sermon there, conviction versus Principle. And we are willing to move and make decisions even that would cost our lives based on conviction without estimating, appreciating, and referring to the principles or patterns of the very decisions that we make. This is the reason why many people in the world die. This is the reason why many people are living under destructive realms. It's only a matter of time. Something will die very soon. If it's a relationship, it will die. If it's a career, eventually it will die. If it's a ministry, it just needs a few years, it will die. If it's a marriage relationship, it just needs a few years, it will die. And as strong as our convictions can be, God does not build convictions without patterns and principle. The principles and patterns of the Spirit are the foundations that define the world of conviction. If you live that life you will live in some sort of spiritual order. The Bible speaks of how God is no author of confusion. And I can tell you this, that the most confused bunch I have ever seen is these tongue speaking people. They are very, I'm telling you, some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you don't. But I tell you, and that is a truth, you'll agree. They say the Pentecostal movement is divided by more than a thousand denominations. Islam is not that divided. Hinduism is not that divided. Buddhism is not that divided. Confucianism is not that divided. Even agnostics are not that divided. But the Pentecostal movement, they say, is divided by more than a thousand denominations. And all of them are schools of thought. Differences and diversions. Praise the Lord. You think Christmas is on this day? Me, I think Christmas is on that day. We're different already. Because fundamentally, we don't agree on the day Jesus was born. And that's a big problem. Praise the Lord. You think that this has to happen before this happens, and I think, no, me, I think this comes first, and that's already a what? Another division. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The sects within us are many. Now, if the altar of the spirit cannot reconcile us, imagine what happens to you people who are serving your course, in the secular world, as the light. Some of you, your biggest conflicts are with born-again Christians, even at your workplace. And that all spells that we don't understand the God of order. And when I'm talking about order here, I'm talking about principle and patterns, not just predictable arrangement. You know, some people think that because you've gotten this line right, that means there's order. I've seen people with the most accurate lines, yet untrue. The judgments of the Spirit are for truth and not accuracy. Accuracy is for degrees. Truth is not. It's absolute. You either know what you're doing or you don't. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Either you know the truth and it is working for you or what you claim is the truth is not the truth. Why? Because perhaps you have not reconciled your knowledge with judgment. Like Philippians says, it says that your love may abound more in knowledge and in all judgment that you may what? Prove the things that are what? Most excellent. That you may not have offense on the day of Christ. The challenge with that is we're going to have many people who claim or appear to know God, but they actually do not know God. The Bible says they claim that wisdom and knowledge but they deny the very power thereof. We're not functional, but we seem to know. And we position ourselves in places of being teachers of things. Even we have not lived the works. You cannot sustain a business, but you're teaching the next generation how to do business. You're struggling in your, you know this, but you're again teaching the next generation of how to be. And it doesn't look good on us. I mean, all of us, not, you know, a few, no, all of us. It doesn't look good when what I'm teaching is not working in my life. That is falsehood. Somebody say, I refuse to live a life of falsehood. Somebody shout hallelujah. God has called us to glory and virtue. And because of that, he has called us to be the best and succeed in all things, that we might bring forth the praises of him that has called us out of darkness unto his marvelous light. If you agree, say amen. God appears to Moses when he appears to Moses and reveals himself to him. And then one day he needs to create a place for worship for the children of Israel. And then he takes him in the spirit and starts to show him the temple, a pattern while he was at the mountain. And in Exodus 25 verses 40, God insists, To Moses, look that thou make them after their pattern which was showed thee in the mountain. Moses, you are going to build a temple like I've given you the vision. You can imagine this man is in the spirit is carried by God into a heavenly realm. And then he has a vision of the temple. God has given him to build the Holy of Holies, the holy place, the outer court and everything. And then he goes around it inspecting it like a builder or uh, an architect who is going to come back and define what the Lord has showed him to build. Make sure you build it, underline the word according to the pattern that I have showed you in the mountain. Because everything that touches the way of the spirit is a patterned thing. You might not understand this now, but as I finish, you'll understand this. But even this love relationship that you started with that woman years ago has patterns in the spirit that God has defined as pillars to either preserve you to the end and you finish well, or you ignore and it will become a costly journey for you. Everything in this world has its pattern. Whether you're talking about ministry, I've said that, it has its pattern. Whether you're talking about business, certain things come first before others. Whether you're talking about career, certain things come first before others. To put first things last or to put the things that should come last in the middle is already an error in the spirit. And some of us are not dealing with generational curses. We're not dealing with the witchcraft next door. We're not dealing with the bad words your sister said last Thursday. Many of us are dealing with an unpatterned life. And many of us don't understand the secret of rebuilding a pattern which has been broken. Either because we don't know the way or because some of us don't even understand the pattern in the first place. The danger of building a life that cannot have an explained pattern is that you will never be able to lead another man nor multiply the grace operating on your life. It is only by lack, chance and coincidence that you have gotten into these realms. The scripture speaks of how certain men will stumble on this road. The word stumbling is hitting without intent, hitting without pattern, hitting without deliberation. And the danger of that is that you will never be able to multiply what's working on your life. Nor explain to a man how you got there, even though you are there. Why? Because you got there by chance, you got there by coincidence, you got there by accident, you got there by pure luck, so they call it. Of course, in all, it's the blessing of God, whether the man builds the pattern or not. It's still blessing. It is in the way of blessing, but it is more deliberate as Luke calls it, the certainty of the things in which we are instructed when we understand how the patterns of the spirit work. Even for people who seem to have had these messages over years, I sometimes examine them. And I realize many of them don't understand how to connect to the patterns of the spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? And some of them are self-explanatory. Others are a bit more complicated than others. But I want to give you an example that when God tells Moses, I've given you a pattern to build this thing, Moses has to come back to people and express to them that God has given him a vision of building the one, the temple. And when you skip to Exodus, the 31st chapter from the first verse, if you read the Amplified Version, God introduces another group of men. And the Bible says, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I filled him, listen, with the spirit of God in wisdom and ability and in understanding and intelligence and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship to devise skillful works, to work in gold and in silver and in bronze, and in cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of craftsmanship. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiah, the son of Ahisamash, of the tribe of Dan. And to all who are wise-hearted, he says, I've given wisdom and ability to make all that I have commanded you. Now, God gives Moses a vision about building this temple. He tells him, build it according to the pattern that I've shown you on the mountain. Moses says, okay, I'm going to go back. But then, even with that vision, Moses might not have the power to interpret it. Even with that instruction, Moses does not have the power to interpret it. So it's possible to have a God instruction, but without the ability or wisdom to interpret it. It's possible to have a command from God, but not carry the skill, nor understanding to interpret it. This is where Moses was found. And then God gets Bezalel and the other people, men of the kind of wisdom, the Bible says, which are able to build what I have showed you. Did God appear to Bezalel to show him what Moses saw? No, God did not appear to Bezalel to show him what Moses saw. God appeared to Moses, gave him a vision, and Bezalel was to listen to Moses speaking and then interpret everything that God has given Moses. And God is saying that even though Moses has the vision, he carries no power, wisdom, spiritual understanding to be able to build exactly what God has showed him. Are you following where I'm going? Even though he has a picture of the pattern, he has nobody to interpret that pattern. He needs a certain wisdom to interpret that pattern. He needs a certain understanding to interpret that plan. Are you following what I'm saying? And God put the spirit on this fellow. And I always tell people that it's a blessed thing if in this walk with God, you are able to find or be found by somebody who is able to demystify or interpret the vision, the instruction, the revelation of God upon your life. Because let me tell you something. If you are found in a place where you are lacking in how to connect to these ways and that the wisdom of God is not sufficient enough for you to break through the places you must break through as you are on course to fulfill the purposes of God. I have seen people fail so badly in life. I've seen people who have lived past a certain time of purpose in life. And some of them have a clue. Some of them don't even have a clue. Again. Let me tell you, it takes a certain apostolic eye for you to be able to discern and understand that certain people are even late in the things that they are doing. Paul says, I was like one which was born late. How does he discern that? Because there was a time and season in which Paul feels he should have come. As of whether it was the will of God or not, that's a place of debate. Somebody shout hallelujah. But Paul always felt that he was as one born out of due time. Are you following what I'm saying? Many of us walk with instructions from God that could change this world. No, and I'm not talking about your community. I'm talking about this world. I'm talking about that company that you're working at. I'm talking about this world. There are many men and women right here listening to me and you are world changers. And some of you as I'm speaking, you know what I'm talking about. Because I'm not just speaking to your heart. The visions that you have had over your life, the dreams that you have had over the years, the meditations that you have in your car, the thoughts that cross you when you're seated alone, they overwhelm you. And sometimes you feel like you are alone. You are divergent in many ways. Even when you sit among 20 people, you don't feel like you are like them. You understand? It's not pride, it's not indifference. It's just that you're called for something bigger. And you could live with that for the rest of your life without any interpretation. It's possible. What if Moses had not met Bezalel? Was Moses going to build that temple? No, because much as God had given him the instruction, God had not given him the wisdom of how. That is why, for example, when you start a project and say, I'm starting a project X, this is how you should pray. Tell God, I thank you for this project that you have given me. And I thank you for the helper that you have given me who I believe is sufficient in all things. But help me by all grace, that in the event I miss that action, I might have somebody, people in my life, to stand me to the course with the wisdom and understanding that is necessary to reconcile me back to the course that I must go in the time when I need them most. If you have understood it, shout amen. amen. And sometimes that little prayer might be the difference between your success and failure that little prayer might be the difference between your progress and regression that little prayer might help you score or fail in life because some of us don't understand the place of wisdom some of you don't understand what has just been given you this very moment if you have understood what i'm saying and some of the people that god will send your way god will send to interpret. God will send because they carry the wisdom and understanding to be able to chisel this thing to shape it. They can listen to you in just seconds and be able to interpret. Now, that takes a lot of hearing than speaking for a man to interpret. Can I say it again? It takes a lot of hearing than speaking for a man to be able to interpret for another man. But if God has not dealt with you in hearing, you can never interpret. You can never help you actually frustrate the wisdom of God on your life in the way of interpretation. Somebody shout hallelujah. And some of us, because we don't understand the principles, like I just mentioned, even of how to deal with people. Some of you have frustrated the very people God sent your way to save you. Some of you have stood against the very people God sent your way to redeem you. Some of you have stood in the very way of the people God has sent to transform and heal what is breaking. You know why? Because we don't understand these patterns. We don't understand how the spirit realm works. We don't understand even how to receive instruction. Did you know many people do not know how to receive divine instruction? And some instructions are more complicated than others. God, through the leading of the spirit, gets onto Elijah and Elijah gets his mantle and finds a little young boy without a destiny except that he has an office. And then he smites that boy with his mantle and then he walks away. He didn't say anything. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He cast his mantle upon him. When he casts his mantle upon him, the Bible says, he left the oxen and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother and then I will follow thee. And then he said unto him, go back again for what have I done to thee? That's ironic. You go. What have I done to you? Look at how Elijah has. He puts a mantle in this boy. And then walks away. Oh, he runs after him. He says, let me go say bye. Elisha has received the instruction that this man has told me following. But he feels that he needs to go back and what? And say bye to his father. But he feels it that this mantle cast on him is an instruction to follow this man of God. Are you following what I'm saying? And then this man says, Go back again for what have I done to you? What have I done to you? Do you think Elijah doesn't know what he has done? He knows what he has done. He's trying to tell this boy indirectly, though deliberately, that what has been done to you cannot go back to say bye. This kind of instruction might define your destiny forever and some of them are costly. Because in this instance, he might never see his father again. Or he might never see him for many years. What about the man who was waiting home that evening? Who knew that his son had gone to look after Oxen? Or do whatever it is with the animals. And then he's waiting for his son to come back and that evening, where is Elisha? Where is Elisha? Where is Elisha? We don't know where Elisha is. We don't know where Elisha is. And then there are those suspicions around. We're suspected. Sometimes he was always off. There was something about him. You understand? Everybody has their own opinions. Perhaps a wild animal. Took this fellow or perhaps maybe he had already planned his departure and then everybody has their own reason and justifications as to why Elisha is not back home that day and sometimes we look at that journey between Elisha and Elijah but not many of us take the time to consider the heart of this man when he never said bye to his family or the family that kept waiting back for their son and God had taken him for a responsibility bigger. Israel needed Elijah, than his family needed him. And he needed the wisdom to know that this instruction was not a usual one. I know many people who would have missed it. And sometimes that's the difference between being a normal prophet and a different one. Now, do you understand where I'm going how many times did certain nudges come and they were about to thrust you into the place God needed you but you did not design it because it came so familiar. It came through something or somebody you didn't expect. How many times was that door open when you were supposed to enter it at the time when you were supposed to enter it but you did not know that it was the time nor the process because perhaps you expected a more predictable way through which God was going to work, but that day he did not appear as he should have or you might have expected him to. Why? Because you always think he must appear the way you think he should appear. Or oh, that nobody ever told you how to design when a different acoustic, a different frequency, a different communication, a different instruction, something inviting you to a higher place in purpose has come. Just number two is the real truth. Number two is most of us that we were never taught how to design when God is about to change things. We were never taught to design when God is about to change things. A lady in this ministry was dying of cervical cancer and she was in a hospital bed somewhere going for an operation and everything the doctors told us was off. And then she sent me a message and told me I'm in hospital and told me A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Then I sent her a message and I asked her, have you watched tonight's service? And she said, no. I told her watch it. So she gets this phone and watches it. And after watching it, She started dancing in the hospital, screaming, I am healed, shouting, I am healed. I cannot die. And that sermon, let me tell you, this is the truth before God. God can prepare a sermon, speak to tens of thousands, but it was yours. That moment where you cannot say, we enjoyed the service. No, I'm talking about that moment where you can only say, God spoke to me. Don't he speak to others? Yes, he does speak to others also. But he will give you an instruction uniquely different from the person next to you. Do you see all of these thousands and thousands of people listening to me? You might be amazed that I'm speaking to every man at a different place. You're not all receiving from the same place. Because not all of you are in the same realms of function. Somebody shout hallelujah. But it is the ability of the word of God... In the light to see light. The Bible says in thy light we shall see what? Light. In thy light we shall see light. As I'm preaching like this, there are things the person of the Holy Spirit is demystifying to pick your light, to provide for your need. As a minister, if I cannot multiply that wisdom in its application, then I'm not able to minister to many. Do you understand what I'm saying? That I can speak to one, yet I'm speaking to millions across the world and everyone picks their own. Or for some of you who have heard me, you can listen to my sermon and if you're a teacher, you can pick like 20 sermons. Why? Because it's the grace that demystifies lights out of you. The light and lights out of the light and then words out of the word and then things continue connecting themselves. You understand? And before you know that, you can get 20 or 30 sermons in just one sermon. That's an apostolic office. Why? Because every time we preach, we cast light. We cast light. So the illumination of your spirit is where you're able to receive me from is where I'm able to minister to you, not necessarily subject to minister to you. I hope you have understood. I'm not limited to your ability to receive. You understand? Because your realm of hunger and thirst is not equal to the man you're seated next to. And it's within the wisdom of God and the liberties of the spirit for me to be able to exercise myself in realms high enough so that I'm able to minister to as many as this rule. The Bible calls it the rule of measure by which we reach men. That is applied to every minister in the world. That is what we are given. Paul says, we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. Your crown is extended according to the liberties granted by the wisdom of God operating on your life. As you continue to minister, the lights continue increasing. You understand what I'm saying? And your ability to be able to communicate and cast light on every man's vision, not only for them to understand, but for them to be elevated from where they were to the place they must belong. Only the Spirit of God can do. Only the Spirit of God can do. So I don't understand how a man can hear me speak and say, that is not God. I don't understand how people understand God. You understand? Do you get where I'm coming from? Jesus Christ, the Bible says he was called a glutton and wine Bible. See, and you can be called anything. But the Bible says, but wisdom is justified of our children because the justification of the ministry of God is wisdom. Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. Do you understand? Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. The power of God is expressed through his word, his wisdom. Are you following what I'm saying? to the intent that the principalities and powers of this world, it might be known the manifold wisdoms of God as He reveals them through the church. The more wisdom God continues to increase on your life, the more effect and influence you have in the spiritual realm to function in the liberties that should allow you to touch people, more and more people, more and more people more and more people. So you're seeking changes. You seek to be positioned where enough is to feed the world. Are you following? You might not be a teacher of the gospel like I am, but if you are a realtor or if you are an engineer, whatever is functioning in your life should be able to touch the world. And only the wisdom of God can do that. Only the wisdom of God can do that. That will go beyond what a man can ever teach you. It's in the place of the person, of the Holy Spirit. Are we learning something? Are we learning something? So let's go back. I said some instructions are straight. Some of them are hidden. They're not as direct. And they desire that we be found in a place of right positioning. Otherwise, we cannot connect to the coherency of God's deliberation. Some of us or many of us have lost opportunities that I believe one day when we go to heaven, it's going to be a huge regret for many individuals that they never knew what they should have known and connected to the thing God had called them to, to become the person they could have become. One time I was praying for a young man and the Lord gave me a vision of this man's destiny. God put something on this fellow, even I admire. And God showed me that he can't see it. He cannot know it. He's far from it because he does not understand my ways. The foundations that began this man in ministry were dead and wrong. And quite honestly, for God to work with him, this man has to break enough to break everything he knew about God so God would reconstruct him. But even in the permissible will, he has amassed way enough to satisfy the mediocre in him. He could have been better. He could have done way more. He could have walked way far. And so it's true with many people. Some of you, you would weep if God ever opened your eyes to see what you could have been in this world. Because you think that you are where you think you're supposed to be. But not many of you can actually say that with the justification of truth and the balance of divine revelation. Many people, many, many people in this world are not where they are supposed to be. Could be where they're supposed to be physically, but not spiritually. Not in the will and purposes of God. And sometimes it's a painful thing when you observe and see that this woman, she should have been far. He should have been far. So now, with such weight on your heart, even the way you pray changes. Because I might not live to judge everybody. I'm not even here to judge everybody. I sympathize and I understand. But I don't forget that I need to put this light on myself too every day. To say, God, if there is a place where I have missed, help me, show me, reveal to me so I can redeem early it takes a certain humility because some of us, we are actually praying either in rebellion or in ignorance. I'll give you a typical example. God has prepared this young lady for this young man. And then this young man falls in love with another young lady whom he feels this is his wife. And then he creates revelation around that conviction and says, this must be my woman. This is my girl. Da, 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 da then he fleeces God and then signs come through and then he's sure this is the one. And then God from above is looking and is saying, this fellow is investing money on the wrong woman, dating the wrong woman, deceiving and being deceived by the wrong woman. The cost is becoming more and more expensive for him. His destiny is paused because he's pursuing the wrong person. Not bad woman, no." Wrong one, not theirs, you see? And then after wasting 30 or 40 years in this, maybe God created an alternative destiny for this one, because some people don't know that also, he's the God of eons. The ability of his word is to be able to word just eons. And that is why people in this secular world will call parallel universes. But the realities of that wisdom is that don't think that because you did not enter this and this one was left here, therefore God is stuck with this one. No, there is a wisdom in God that can actually create a world for this woman to reconcile her to the place of fulfilling divine purpose because she was not the one which rebelled. Let me tell you something. There's something I believe, and I've never mentioned to people, but I believe it. I believe that at 4.40, God can do something between 4.40 p.m. to 5 p.m. that is not practical only to fulfill a man's face. Are you following what I'm saying? Only to fulfill a man's face. And in doing that 4.40 to 5 p.m., that is about, what, 20 minutes. In those 20 minutes, God can do something that 20 minutes cannot do. But for God to do that, he has to manage time and space beyond what human beings are able to interpret. In my realm of prayer, I have learned to believe God even to that space. Let me explain what I mean. That you opened your soap in the morning at 8 AM. Are you following? And that you believed God for hundred customers to walk into that shop and you close at 6 PM, okay? And that the nature of your service can only perhaps serve maybe one client, maybe per 10 or 15 minutes. I believe in a God who can bring in those 100 people at 5.59 and you are still able to serve all of them, by six, that in the physical realm is not practical. And if I'm dealing in the realm of practical logic reason, I cannot appeal to you only because you do not understand with God, all things are possible. I have been in meetings where I've looked at the back And sometimes I would say, God, fill these chairs in 10 or 15 minutes. And they would fill in 10 or 15 minutes, which would look like it's practically impossible because I don't know how they come or perhaps they had already planned to come. That's your interpretation. But I've been in places where I've been provoked to apply myself outside reason because the liberties of faith allow me. One time I was in London College. I'd gone to preach my earlier years of preaching. And then I enter this meeting about nine or 12. Big room. And then I said to God, I did not come to preach for only nine kids. This school is dying. And then the Lord told me, I've given you the liberty. Do what you want to do to fill this room. Are you following So I tell these children, I'm going to pray for you. And after making a prayer for you, you're going to go outside. Listen to the instruction. touch somebody and tell them, follow me. Don't explain anything. I prayed for these kids, and I told them, I'm going to give you 15 minutes. Touch somebody and tell them, come. The moment you touch them, run back. I tell you, in 15 minutes, the room was overflowing, and there were people in windows. The numbers extended outside the windows, and some even stood in the grass, listening to a man they could not see. Now, in this natural realm, people call that witchcraft cult funny powers, in our world, we call it faith. And I preached, and the power of God hit that room. Kids were slain inside that I had no space to stand. I stood out, people were slain even outside. And then the administration got concerned, and they said, don't bring back that boy. And then some called me four days later, five days later, because some children were still slain in the spirit. I remember in one of those schools, I was even summoned by the deputy and his wife. We are concerned. What's happening? And the moment I entered, I told this woman, "You've been barren for years. Do you want a child?" Yes. (laughs) Fire. The fact that I'd picked it, the questioning changed. And then a couple of months later, she's pregnant, and then she conceived. Now they are great friends. Somebody shout hallelujah. I believe in a God of all possibility. I believe in a God that can work in the 59th hour to redeem what you needed six hours to do. And then he does it in one minute. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life, the spirit quickness. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I believe in a God who can turn up two minutes, one second, two seconds. No, but it's too late to be done in five seconds. Even in the last second, I can still believe God to do what practically cannot work in the last 10 seconds. I still believe in God to do it. So I'm the kind of believes to the last. I don't give up because it's 555. Oh, I just helped somebody. I said I just helped somebody. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, May God help you not to miss any nudge, any instruction, any provocation, any conviction, if it be of the Spirit. If your time comes, I speak upon your life as a man sent by God. May you never miss your window, your door, your opportunity, your provision when it comes in Jesus name. And for some of you who missed, I pray that may God rebuild another eon, another world for you to redeem it. For by faith, the Bible tells us we understand that the world. do you read that word there? It didn't say the world, it says the world's plural. The eons were framed by the word of God. That means all you need for God to create another world for you to redeem what you have lost is the word. The moment the right word can come, it can change it. Do you know that by shifting eons, God can redeem yours for you? The Bible says that I'll restore the years that were eaten by the caterpillar, the conqueror. How do you think he's gonna do it? Because if you continue in the very time periods of the world that you've been living, there is no such redemption. God can lift a man after dipping the Ethiopian eunuch and then he's found at Azotus. How much time was redeemed for Philip if he had walked? That's my point. God is not subject to your realm of time and its dimension as you interpret it. God can do something right this very second and redeem 10 years of what you have lost in just a second. And any those who live to tell, see how everything in the world is shifting to your provisions, it's adjusting to your vision, it's responding to your vibrations, it's craving as your appetites come, it's just aligning and agreeing. Everything is clenching together for good, because you love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. Let me tell you, it's only in the faith where we have been given the opportunity to restore what was taken. So when you go to conferences of recover all, are you recovering a shoe? Are you recovering a cloth? No, 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 no. You are recovering time. Because that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. When the Bible says he renews our youth, what does that mean? What does it mean to renew your youth as he goes? What does it mean to renew your youth? It means you can forward to 40 and God just presses a button and you... and then you reach 50, and then God just pressed the button to 30. Listen, how do you think men lived for 600 years? How do you think men lived for 500 years? How do you think men lived for 900 years? Why do you think that because, you know, it's not working in your generation, therefore the revelation died? It did not die. Our faith just died because as generations evolved, they became indifferent to who God is and what his word is. Scientists, if you have studied recently, they've started designing something called pills to live longer. Recently, I was reading an article It's in the final stages. Scientists have designed a drug that is probably going to be able to make a human being live for at least 200 years. This is science. Now, if science can do that, if a human being can do that, what about God? Somebody shout hallelujah. What about God? Why shouldn't you believe God to live a full life? No, no, I mean walking straight at 100. I mean 120. And you're still, hey. They look at you and they say, ah, where is this woman going? You tell him I'm not going anywhere. Those of you plan to live, plan. Some of you your conversations are like that. You know, you could die in a day. Not me, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. Far from me. In Jesus' mighty name. He renews your youth. And as you go to sleep, your cellular memory starts responding and talks to your heart that you're 25, yet you have a 50-year-old body. Come on, somebody. Oh, my goodness. With God, all things are possible. Some of you, you're sixth and you're already tired. You're 70 and you're already out. If science is advancing, the church should advance faster. Hello? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. So Moses had the vision. Bezalel had the application. And then God looked at the time that was to come. And then in the promise in Ezekiel 36 verses 26, he said, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Verses 27 says, I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And the word they're used for statutes is also translated as appointed times, appointed spaces, appointed seasons, appointed labors. I will cause you. See, some of you must understand why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just there to make you say, that is important. The Holy Spirit is not just there to help you heal when your body is sick. The Holy Spirit was given to cause you. Now, if you study the Hebrew, that word caused you to walk in the statutes is the very wisdom that was on Bezalel and all the men God had given Moses to build the instruction of vision God had given him for a pattern. Meaning that now that you have the Holy Spirit, I have given you both the instruction and the one to direct you through wisdom and understanding to be able to execute. He's saying, in other words, the difference between your time and Moses Before the new birth, the Holy Spirit used to come upon men and was occasionally function, not indwelling, continuous. In the new birth, the New Testament, the Holy Spirit has a permanent residence in you and is fully active and operative, dynamically in your spirit. What was given as a special gifting of Bezalel is now a constantly residing person in your spirit that when the instruction and vision of God comes, the person of the Holy Spirit is in you as Bezalel was available for Moses to be able to interpret to be able to explain to be able to direct I will cause you to meet the appointed time that you are supposed to meet, I will cause you the word they are causing means that even when you're not there and your mind is not able to connect, there is a I will find a way to stir you to the direction that you must go. Only learn to yield to me. saith the Spirit of God that if you were not caused, it's only because you rebelled against the yielding that you ought to have had. But if you learn to yield with me, I will cause you. That I will be beside God. I'm yielded to you. And sometimes my step of faith in yielding to you means that if I have to act in faith, I must take a step But as to the degree I'm yielded, if I should take this step, yet I'm supposed to take this one. He says, I will cause you. I will cause you. But the yielding is key. The yielding is key. Why? Because it makes me volatile. It makes me vulnerable. I become like water. So he's able to move me. But if I incline, it's easy for him to decline. And it's okay for me to go wherever he wills. But that brokenness, that death, that sacrifice, that relationship is not a conversation we're bringing because many of us, even our hearts are bent on lust because it's a generation that preaches men in lust, not purpose. If you're preaching to them about how to get the next car, they will turn up. But if you're teaching them how to win souls, that's not a sermon they will repeat. Yet they don't win souls. Because we cannot separate the precious from the vile, the expedient and the lawful. But that is changing in our generation. Men and women are hungry. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. So does that mean we don't need people? We do. But they're secondary the person of the Holy Spirit is primary, is primary. And only that man or woman which is led of the Spirit is the only person that can take me back to the right course, not everybody. Are you following what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that you say, oh no me, I have the Holy Spirit, nobody speaks to me, uh-uh. Again, it's in the pattern of the spirits to have people above you, above you. You so say this is the way you should go. I say, I'm me, I don't believe in spiritual fathers. I don't believe in spiritual authority over me. Jesus said, That's man call, no man, no father. I understand the context of that scripture. He was talking about the men which were living what they were not applying themselves into. Otherwise, then, then why would Paul say, my son in the Lord? That would be an error. You see what I'm saying? Or because some of us come from places where it was abused. Eh? Like being a spiritual father was manipulating and taking advantage and abusing. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about that which the world has shown. You see, in the world, they have them called mentors. Why are they there? Because God has put people in your life who by one statement can change your course forever. In just seconds. I uh, only have the Holy Spirit. No, but it's in this pattern too that you create people around you. To help you when you lose it. Because sometimes there are people who know how to do what God has told us to do. Better than we know. Yet God has told us. That's why it's wisdom for every king to surround himself with wise men. David almost lost his life. And the man who had an answer was his subject. The prophet. Are you following what I'm saying? At the point when Absalom is chasing after him. He has Zadok to hold on a priest. Who honors him as his king? But in the office of God speaking, God would speak to Zadok before he spoke to David. And those people in your life will be there, whether you believe it or not. No man was called to watch over their own souls. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. No man in this world. It doesn't matter how prophetic you are. There are spaces you will never see. One of the most notable prophets was William Branham. William Branham was prophetic. And a man walked to him, Godon Lindsay, and told him, God tells me, you're teaching wrong and you're gonna die. And William Branham said, no, I hear God more than you do. Then one young guy comes up and prophesies the day and that William Branham was gonna be taken to heaven. A fellow who had not even yet been known by the world. He said this day, this month, this time, God is gonna take William Branham home because for two years, Godon Lindsay has warned him of something. It's in the books you can read. And it is true. William was taken the same day, the same date, the same month, the very hour. There's a voice in this world that can speak and change your destiny. (laughs) Don't play with God. Don't think you're your own God. There is a voice in this world somewhere that can make a statement and tomorrow you're found either in a grave, built, or in a foundation study. Because some people either dig graves or foundations. But both men are digging. Do you understand what I'm saying? So walk this life of salvation a bit more careful. A bit more careful. What you don't know, don't say. What you don't understand, don't comment. Are you following what I'm saying? It's principle, it's pattern. So we see by God that the Holy Spirit was also given to us as Bezalel was given to Moses to be able to execute what God has put on our lives. But if by the Spirit, God would extend that through certain people, it would still be okay. I'll give you an example. The Bible says, I shall give the Holy Spirit. He shall teach you all things and remind you that which you have forgotten. Is it true that the Holy Spirit is a teacher? Yes, but then in the church, he appointed teachers. Why wouldn't we just stay with the Holy Spirit? Why in the folds of ministry, did he appoint some to be teachers of the word? Paul says as an apostle, a teacher to the Gentiles. we have the Holy Spirit who can teach us. Why? Because God will extend some of the works through the people he has appointed to us to instruct us. But primarily Paul isn't, the Spirit is. Are you following what I'm saying? Hebrews chapter 13 verses 20, he says, Now the God of peace that brought out again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, verses 21, make you perfect in every good work to do His will. Make you perfect in every good work to do His will. Are you hearing that kind of prayer? Are you hearing that kind of prayer? Because some of you read Bibles, but you don't understand why certain prayers are in Scripture. He says that may He make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you, the causing, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Endeavor. We're speaking the same language. I will cause. Them. So I learned this that when I'm not sure about something, I don't leave the altar. We finish speaking, I pause it, we continue it. I have sat before God inquiring about things for months, weeks, years, until I had him say, This is the way. And the moment I hear him, see, some of you might say, oh, no, 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 I'm wasting a lot of time. I tell people that some people who look like they're slow are actually fast, because me not making a decision in a month, then does mean I'm late. It could be that in the waiting, God is actually gathering for me. And that at the point where I'm reconciled with divine will, his gathering will be present. And I've seen men quicken to gather instead of hearing. My team knows me. I'll procrastinate and sleep over something. But when I wake up and speak, it better be God. It better be God. I don't mind even if it takes me years to speak. But when I speak, it better be God. I've exercised myself in this for many years. And I'm seeing the fruit of it every day in my life. And I've given it to you as a gift. Listen. Listen more than you speak in the presence. Some of you speak more than you hear. When you're in the presence of the Holy Ghost, listen more than you speak. It's okay to pray for three hours. But our brother, you pray for one hour and hear for two hours. Your life will be different. That means that I don't have long hours of prayer. I have hours of prayer where I can pray through seven, eight hours. Sometimes I pray the whole night and it's okay. But then I also have days where I just hear. And sometimes to pray is interrupting. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you thought that for God to use a man, you have to hear him and amongst them, my God, Jesus. Oh, yes, perhaps it works for him. Never stake your prayer life against another person because there are people with prayer lives that have no fruit or results of prayer. Are you following what I'm saying? So, yeah, I can pray for hours, but know when to keep quiet when God must speak. I'm not saying putting your brain in idle mode. You know, some of you just put your brains in idle mode, and then you say, I'm hearing God and then the next thing you know if you want to know that your brain is in idle mode the thoughts that start crossing you're in the presence but your thought is in some is in a place where people in the presence can't go Now that's making your head idle that's yoga that's not meditation only a man who has learned to hear god can wait on him right somebody shout hallelujah shout glory to god and over the years you'll start to see the fruit of hearing god People will look at you and say, truly, this woman has been led. Truly, this man has been led. They might doubt everything, but they'll not doubt that you were led by some spirit. At least let them say other things, but they will not doubt that there's a spirit leading you. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And you who knows, you'll know it is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Be slow in making decisions until you hear God. When God tells you, I have called you to do a business in Chikubo, don't rush. What? Plastic business. Then you buy plastics and then you fill them in your, and then you say, business. shoe business. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that? China. What? And then you bring those shoes and then you stuck them in the shop and say, God spoke to me. And then things stop working. He said, but you said, oh yes, he said, but what was the pattern? What was the pattern? Oh my goodness. I'm a business person and I run quite many businesses. Every time I start one, I have to take time. Who should I work with? why when when i didn't do that i was burned my fingers were burned so you learn as you grow say man i'm going to make losses out of this if god has said you're going to start a shop ask him how who where send the right person connect me to this person do this where we going to get this write them down you'll be amazed for me everything i have written in my notes as what god has promised It has been fulfilled in every ounce of its promise. Why? Because we don't only take the instruction of the project. We take the instruction of the execution. We don't only take the instruction of the business. We take the instruction of the execution. We don't only take the instruction of starting a ministry. We take the instruction of how, who, when, where, what do we use? Where do we go? Who do I talk to? Why should I talk to them? And as you continue asking those fundamental questions, the spirit that was working in Bezaleel is stirred through wisdom and understanding, and starts reconciling these things for you. And you are amazed, even where there were errors. If you had most of it, you will win. But if you didn't hear the application, the wisdom and understanding of execution, it doesn't matter whether God appeared with Jesus Christ, 300 angels, Moses and Paul available, you can fail. So ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the person of the Holy Spirit as the master builder of patterns. Use him. Use him. Use him. Talk to God. I usually want to allow you to express your heart because I don't know from where I have met you in this message, but this is what I know for sure that God can and will speak to you from wherever you are. Take a few minutes and speak to God from your heart. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Be in one God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Let's talk to God. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, Spirit one, God of glory. Holy Spirit we are sorry while we've gone ahead of ourselves or walked far behind you to hold our hands or function way above you to hear your voice my heart's prayer for every man and woman at the sound of my voice is that through the words that you've received today, may you receive divine calibration that God may align you. Oh my God, I feel the spirit of God is doing something in a person's life tonight. I sense a lot of healing. Oh my God. I sense a lot of deliverance. I sense a lot of consecration. I sense a weight of glory here. That is here to elevate you. To restore you. To redeem you. I hear somebody crying in their heart. Saying God I've missed her. I have missed her. I have messed up in my marriage I have messed up in my career I've messed up in my ministry I have messed up help me Somebody's telling God help me the spirit of God reaches you the Bible says we have not a priest which cannot be touched with our infirmities the Bible says he was tested in all things As we are, yet without sin. Jesus says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I see a redemption of time here. I see a redemption of years, and please take this with all you're getting. Get this. Somebody, let's honor what the Holy Spirit is doing now. God is doing something so mighty. Oh, Holy Spirit, touch! Touch! Change! Redeem! Restore! Help that woman! Help that man! E badigazonde badiga zonde kopelele gozika Sherika horanto zile kete Zopariga supolinga dogo sintele kocha E arondege silige prula gotile kando selia shopa tila Gozibo bokoroko togoto Ripando solo boko Sherika tabada Sirika to See God do say the Lord See me do in weeks. In minutes, in hours, what you could not have done in a lifetime. I see the anointing that does things out of time, that does things irrespective of qualification, ability or credential. I see God quicken somebody, I see a man break out I see a woman break forth, I see a rebuilding, I see a restoration, receive it, receive it. Those of you who are sick receive your healing now, if you have a clutch heal and walk now in the name of Jesus, their fear is open Cancer's heal, heart diseases heal, stomach issues heal in the mighty name of Jesus. Now do Jehovah my prayer. Give the Lord the mighty of praise. Give the Lord a mighty of praise. There's a person that I'm led to help spiritually feels like their chains literally on her legs. And that person so is everything in their life, it's as if it has been held. They cannot move in anything, their finances, they are married. Everything on their lives is stuck. Power oh, the Holy Ghost! God is delivering you. You're free. Thank you, Lord. If you have never given your life to Jesus, it means you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, How are you led? Today I want to give you the opportunity to receive the Lord and Savior who not only shed his blood for you but purchased your eternal salvation that you will not die but live. He's giving you two things. He's giving you life eternal and freedom as you live this life. You're going to receive Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit. Repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I am born again and I believe that my life is changed from today. fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5pm to 9pm and for our Sunday services at 9am and 11am at the Uma Multi-Purpose Hall. Funero make manifest.